welcome to the Apostolic Outpost where we challenge, inspire, and equip the next generation of apostolics. Hey Outposters, today's sponsor is Creative Element Studios. Creative Element Studios is a music production and lesson studio that offers studio recording as well as private lessons on a variety of instruments. Make sure that you follow him on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Hello everybody, welcome to the Apostolic Outpost. This is Brother Ruben Tinoco here. And hey, I'm Brother Jordan. We have a special episode today. We have Brother Sister Loera on the podcast today. We're going to start with just a little icebreaker for them, just to kind of get to know them and their personalities. So, um, in your guys' opinion, which one do you think is more superior? The Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich or the Chick-fil-A, the Popeye's chicken sandwich, sorry. Chick-fil-A, for me. And of course, opposites attract, so I'm doing the Popeye's for sure. <laughs> you know, I like the Popeye's chicken better. I, I think I think it's a really good sandwich. I don't know about you, brother Jordan. But I like Chick Fil A. I was trying to introduce everyone to that Chick Fil A in the second question, so I stand with Chick Fil A. So, tell us a little bit about your testimony. How did you get into church? Um, that kind of. This is real interesting. Um, back in 1992, um, I worked for an attorney, and I had um, a client. And um, he was a brother in the church, Brother George Sotelo, and he began witnessing to me, and he would give me tracts. And I had a filing cabinet in my office where I, and a folder where I put all those tracts in. And so um, we began having a Bible study in our home in January of that year, and um, had all my neighbors come and friends come, and long story short, February, 16th 1992 we visited life challenge I'm gonna cry (laughs) (laughs) and I was baptized on that day Hmm. I came in the church received the Holy Ghost was baptized and brother Frank was like I don't know what she's doing (laughs) (laughs) I was more analytical you know to me it's like you know, what are these people? We, we, we walked in, and uh, those of you that know Brother Dice, we walked in and sat in his chair. And he always sat in the same spot, and he had a briefcase he carried. And we walked in and sat there. But we didn't know we didn't that know was his seat. His, cause... his spot. So he walks over there and says, good morning. And he pulls a suitcase out from under the chair where he was sitting and walks off. And I was like, oh, man, I th- we just missed it. We got somebody's chair. Or, you know, and then worship started, and everybody was worshiping. And... You know, and it's like, man, people are jumping around. What's going on with all this stuff? And then Brother Dice walks back around, and he says, uh, good morning. He takes our picture. I said, oh, man, this is getting freaky. <laughs> yeah. What is we this old guy taking picture. This old guy taking a picture of us? So, you know, again, it's, it's the uniqueness that I think caught our attention, you know, right away. Well, and you have to understand, we, um, the, the seat we took was in the front like we didn't like to sit in the back. I mean, we were Catholics, and we always sat up front in the Catholic Church. So we did what we always did in our church. You know, our church, we right. went and sat at the very yeah, front. Yeah. <laughs> and I know lots of visitors don't do that, but we did. 
So that, you got the whole enchilada. We got the right whole, the the whole enchilada. Yeah, we sat in the front. I got pastor's That's attention. That's awesome. Brother Frank, I know you work a lot in the background, and, and you've never been a man of God to, to you know, be in the spotlight. You, you, and, and I like that, you know, um, you're, you're behind the scene kind of person. Uh, could you emphasize the importance of servitude in the church? Well, you know, servitude, at first... I've always been a person that would work. I grew up on a farm, so, you know, I learned how to drive when I was seven, eight years old and working, you know, not not being afraid of work. That's the way I was brought up. So, you know, as you started to see things being able to get into the church, we immediately went into Bible studies. We immediately, when we first came in, you know, believe it or not, back in the days when they had the cassette tapes and running the soundboard and, you know, we, we basically filled in a need where we saw it. We saw there was a need, and we said, you know what, we need to help there because it looks like they need help there or, or just different things like that. You know, church bulletins, outreach. I used to put 20 kids in my Suburban. I don't know that's illegal, but, <laughs> you know, uh, that's kind of the way we, we, we jumped right in when we, got, when we got in church. And that's one thing we mentioned to Pastor when we first got in church, like brand new in church, we went to him and said, we want to be involved. We don't want to just sit in a pew and, and do nothing. We would like to get involved. And boy, he didn't hesitate. <laughs> yeah, of course, you know, if you, if you see what the date was, that's as of now, this last February, you know, working on our 29th year, you know, and serving and 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 staying there's over 460 times in the bible you you see the word servant servanthood servant so you know if we're about our father's business and a lot of these things came to me later but i couldn't have done it first of all uh without my wife because you know it takes a special person to have a a, a support group especially she's like the group the rest everybody else just follows but, you know, Matthew twenty three eleven, you know, him that is the greatest in the kingdom will be what? Is a servant. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the greatest, but it's about serving. Because really, if God considers that serving, basically it teaches you. It, it puts you in a place of humbleness. It puts you not, not to be proud. It puts you in a place of, I think a lot of people that, that want to serve, a lot of times they don't realize that it's not an obligation, it's a commitment. Mm-hmm. We figured, well, God has done this for me. That's the least I can do. So we, we've looked at it that way ever since we, we got in church. Awesome. Praise God. Um, yeah, so just kind of moving on towards more of our goal target of this episode is uh, talking about a godly home. Um, I know you guys have raised several children and probably have several other children and people you've influenced through your ministry and helping being a servant at church. Um, so what kind of boundaries are needed to be set in a godly home? This is for you, either you, Brother Frank, or Sister Omega. Yeah, and, and I think the word, rather than boundaries, would be standards. Um, so, you know, the standards that you place in your home. I raised three boys. We both raised three boys. I God did not bless me with girls. And um, we needed, when we got in church, this is what we wanted to, to instill in our boys. Definitely. And it wasn't that you were obligated to come to church. This was our way of life. This is what we do. Not only that, but um, 
we made sure that our that our boys attended youth camps and that we went to, to camps with with pastor and uh, we went on those mission trips to New Mexico I mean my boys knew this was an expectation it and it there was never a question um, are we you know we're not going to go to this it's we are going to this and um, I think the talk at home was we never degraded the church by any means it that that's not even in the vocabulary it's this is our church and this is our work for for the kingdom yeah speaking of when you said boundaries and we we're kind of talking the standard that we said immediately was god has to be the reality you actually if if this is something you're going to do you go through okay i'm going to go to a bible study i'm going to get baptized god has to become the center of everything you do mm-hmm. and that has to be i mean without a doubt that has to be that has to be it uh you know everywhere you 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 insert as you learn the prayer the fasting like we did but i'll tell you uh javier our oldest is 35 34 and he was five years old when we got in church mm-hmm. okay so again and all the other boys, we can we can say, and it's not about bragging, but we can proudly say, you know, they all serve God. Those that have families now have grandkids. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all in the ministry. They all they all love God. And again, it's because we started just setting the standards immediately, and they followed us. Well, and and my pastor and and his wife have always been very instrumental and a big piece of of, of who we are, and um, we love them to death. Praise God. So, just so the, the listeners know, how long have you been in church? We've been in church since 1992. Praise the 20, Lord. 29 years, going 29 on our 29th years, year. 29 years, We've lots of We've never experience. left the church. We've never backslid. We've always been in church. Thank the Lord. Yes, thank God. What, what did you do to protect your kids from from the world, from from? You no know, pornography, sports, lust, that kind of stuff that that just distracts the young person a day. What, what bound, uh, not standards or what did you do to? Yeah. You know, that's a great question. Um, and I'm not going to say that my boys are perfect because they are not by any means. Um, I, I, I understand that. And um, but we again, we, we kept them in church. We instilled especially at home you know they they had to learn the word at home we didn't just expect them to learn it at church or expect their sunday school teacher to teach them this is something that we modeled at home and so and and we made sure that our boys were involved with people of like mindedness meaning church children um, are they all perfect? No, they're children. But we made sure that we we kept them around that type of um, of um, families and, and friends. Mm-hmm. Now, did they go to public school? Yes, but I think they needed to have a balance. Lots of people try right, to right. keep their children, you know, away from some of that. But these children, my I wanted my boys to be able to instill the love of God to those friends that right. don't know God. Amen. And so 
was I in fear that my children would be sucked by the world? I think every parent probably has that, but I felt like we had instilled enough in them that they would be the light to that darkness instead of that darkness to them. Yeah, I think the majority of it is, you'll hear me say this more than once, and I think a lot of the things that we'll say today, we've said before, and you'll hear me say it again, a lot of it was example. A lot of it is because we stood behind, first of all, we got behind the vision of the house immediately. Um, you know, you teach them how to pray, you teach them how to fast. But the only way you can teach them is what? Yeah. You gotta do it yourself. Do it yourself. Mm. So the bottom line is, if they came across something out there, that's like, uh, you know, you know you're supposed to stop at a stop sign, but a lot of people don't. But you know the consequences if you don't. And I think if you instill those things spiritually, uh, in your household and your kids, they're going to come across things. Everybody does. Well, but I, I think that decision point and understanding what you already have down in your heart is going to make all the difference in the world. Well, and I think as a mother, um, just having that open communication with my boys, um, I feel like I've always been able to just talk to them about anything. Um, now, as they got older, I think maybe they might have stepped back a little what? bit but just being able to have that open communication with them um, really helped that's awesome um, so we do know as apostolics we know it's more it's important to be in church every service and every Sunday and every top opportunity we have to come to the house of God but we know that's just not enough what are some of the things that you've instilled in, in your boys to help them on their own walks with Jesus well again <laughs> I think being the example, you know, uh, they know once they have this in their heart, church is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jesus is everywhere. And being able to distinguish the good from the bad, the evil, and, and from, you know, from just, just your walk. Uh, I heard somebody say this one time and, and we, we put it into our walk when we first came into church. Uh, hearing the story of Moses uh, when God told him remove the shoes because of the ground that you stand on is holy ground mm -hmm. and I heard a, a minister in, in a preaching say one time he says the people of God if they would really know how, rea how real and take into consideration that this new life everywhere that you walk is holy ground everywhere that you stand is holy ground being a being a man or a woman of God. And I think that has become, that became real to us and it became real to them. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the boys, they always, they always knew Jesus everywhere. Your walk's got to be real. The other day you, you told me something um, in the foyer and you had said that, um, that it's important for the man of God to have his home in order and not be carried away with like, I guess uh, being too involved with ministry and stuff like that, and then they leave their family out and they totally forget about the family. Can you kind of explain a little bit on that? Just kind of how important it is for the man of God to take care of his home? Well, I think, again, you know, the support that I have from Sister Omega is, is probably, you know, I, I can't say enough about that. But again, we can all be one sided a lot of times because we are. A ministry oriented 
you know, couple. And you can get a little bit where you get too busy. But uh, I heard somebody say one time that God gave you the flesh to keep you under control, to keep you in check. But again, you'd learn a lot of things over the years that you can say, okay, wait a minute. I got I to gotta do something a little bit different here. And again, you got to go back to what you were teaching the family as they grew up. You got to backtrack to a lot of those things a lot of times as well. So I think balance. Balance. It's, it's called balance. You can't have one that's so top heavy that you, you know, you disregard your family. It's like he was saying, yes, you have ministry and you have your family. I think you have to have a balance. And I think Brother Dice talked a lot about that when we were first in church and how you have to have balance and you can't disregard your family completely. And believe me, we, we struggled with some of that when we first got in church because we just jumped right in. And, uh, but you have to step back for a minute and put it all in check. So what did you do to, to kind of have that balance to, let's say, some young adult out there that is just, oh, man, I'm flooded with, with just ministry. I'm, I'm involved, and it's great to be involved, but how did you balance that in your life? Yeah, well, I had to step back. Like, what, what we did initially was he went in one route doing something different in the church, and I was doing something different. Instead of working maybe together in the same ministry, and I think when you see young couples coming in the church and want to get involved, they should probably work together in the same ministry, supporting one another, because you're going in two different directions. You're both gone all the time, maybe at different times, different days. And if you have young children, that can become difficult. So um, that would be my advice to young couples, is if you're going to get involved in ministry, which I encourage all of them to. This is how you really grow your roots in God. Um, come together awesome. in a Frank? Yeah, oh. communication part of it is is major. I've uh, I've been a real most of my life I've been analytical, and uh, I'm not a major communicator by any means. Uh, and my wife will attest to that. Um, I can say one or two words, and I know what I mean, but she doesn't know what I mean. Um, so that has a lot to has a lot to do with it. So again, communication and understanding understanding where you are actually going is is a big deal. That's right. Communication is a big part of anyone's marriage. Um, would you guys be able to tell us any of the struggles you guys went through and like trials through your, your young part of your marriage? Well, you know, I could say. That is always something that you will never. If people say they have a perfect marriage, I heard our brother Dice actually, and you'll hear you'll hear us mention him a lot. He goes, uh, "Marriages aren't made in heaven; marriages are made here." So, and that's technically true. Everything that we do is is a learning process. If you have a perfect marriage, uh, you're again one of the other things he said before because some marriages are alive and some are living there's a difference you're going to go day by day with the everyday grind and you just you're just living but i think as people of god your marriages should be alive there's well, a there's a different perspective there well and and let me chime in on some of this and brother frank alluded to some of some of that in the prior question is the communication brother frank 
was not a great communicator. He still is not always a great communicator. <laughs> and as women, you know, we want to hear these details because we're detail oriented. And so I can say that um, that was probably one of our biggest struggles is that in his mind, he's thinking about what he thinks he's saying, but he wasn't actually saying it. And so <laughs> communication is key. Have I had to train? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've had to learn. <laughs> because we have to be able to communicate. And men are not always great communicators. I raise nothing but men in my home. <laughs> so I totally understand. And so I communication is key. And I can't read his mind. And so he... Sometimes. Sometimes I can. <laughs> but um, I think that was initially when we first got married was um, uh, very difficult in that I, I couldn't read his mind. It's like, you have to speak to me. You have to talk to me. So, yes, that was that was a biggie at the beginning. Definitely. You, you teach the, um, the marriage class here. To the young adult, young couples... Um, what advice do you give them whenever they're going through a difficult time in their marriage? Well, there's that's such a broad spectrum there. But um, I think one of the biggest things is, first of all, you have to always, God has got to be the center of everything. If you can make that a <clears throat> the priority, if you make that a point. But I think a lot of times we realize that God gave you your spouse and gave you the other person. I heard it said like this, it's not to make you happy, but to make you holy. Uh, what happens is, if you realize that God gave you that person to make you better, a lot of times it's a little easier. You have to learn. We're learning from each other. We're Opposites attract, literally. She can tell you stories, and we can share war stories all day. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, um, don't miss out. Um, some of the things that I had kind of noted uh don't miss church. We always, you know, we've, we haven't missed church unless we're all gone somewhere or something. We can literally say just because we never miss church. Um, Even through COVID. Yeah. I may not be, we may not be here present, but we're watching online. Yeah. And uh, your walk has to be your lifestyle. You can't come to church and then be different when you leave. That's right. You know, that has to be something. And it, of course, that takes, all of that takes time. All of that takes realizing that what you're doing is is you're doing it for God and you're doing it because, you know, the bottom line is really you, you want to be ready when Jesus comes back. That's really the, that's really the bottom line. Well, and, and I'll say this, um, and we talk about this in marriage classes. If you have a disagreement with your spouse, don't go to bed mad at each other. Work it out even if it means you're working it out till three or four in the morning. But do not go to bed upset. You've got to get that worked out. And so that's something that we do tell our, our young couples or even not just our young couples because we have all ages in that marriage <laughs> class is to, to always um, make sure you work those things out before you actually Lay your head down because you don't want the enemy to come into your mind while you're asleep and then 
make things uh, 10 times worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the major thing we always say as well is uh, nobody can do it by themselves. Yeah. First of all, you have each other, and that's, that's the greatest. That's the start. But, uh, you know, we have a great pastor that you can talk to, and, uh, you know, we've always opened up our doors to people because uh, if we've been in church, you know, going on 29 years, we've raised uh, a family in church. Um, they're still all in church. All our grandkids are in church. So we have a lot that we may be able to offer a lot of times to folks just in a very quick general sense. So, you know, that's a major deal. God is for sure. God is a sure thing. So you, you lean on people that can help you. It's like, you know, you wouldn't ask a welder how to do a plumbing job. You know, that's we've been there. We've done that. You know, we don't have any T-shirts, but, you know, <laughs> we do have the stories. We, we can say we, we, we've been through that. We know what we've done. We know what's helped us. So that, that's a that's a major deal is to look upon those that have been there, that have that have went through those trials and struggles. Amen. And you can come through it. It's not hard to do. It's just you got to make up your mind to do it. And it right. takes two. It has if in a in a marriage. It takes two. It can't just be one. It it takes both of them to to get that done. And sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes you really got to trudge through it. But it's all worth it. Praise God. That's right. Um, what kind of advice would you give any young adult slash young family during this time? of trials and uncertainty. Does this uncertainty affect the manner that you would raise your kids? Do you believe that the pandemic has exposed the ultimate weakness of society, the lack of God in the home? Advice on that. I, I think this time that we're living in right now is, we share this in the marriage class and we've, we've talked about this, that. We, this should be a time where we should have kind of like a reset in the family kind of like a where wow these things really matter these things don't matter and you make up your mind what does and what doesn't um you know some of the craziest things is is uh what you do is and you might want to help me out here because this is kind of the society thing you People are seeing that what are they, you can see society is very dependent on things. You know, if all of a sudden, that's like the other day, that's like today they said that, you know, they had lines at the grocery stores and stuff already again. So, you know, what are, what are people looking forward to? They may not have a base. They may Their faith may not be where it should be. Um, everything that we've done over the years, this is just like another trial. If you're set, if your faith is set, you should already have a way out of this. Your family should already have an example to follow. So, you know, so many years that we've seen a lot of things right now, this is, this too shall pass, but at the same time, we gotta keep the faith. We gotta, we gotta know, we gotta go with what's sure, with, with what we know that works. Oh, and I think um, if you don't have prayer in your home, this could really, um, set you back and I think more than ever yes we come to the church to pray yes and as as a body we come together but with everyone having to be quarantined and, and be at home your prayer life is essential it has to happen 
at home. You have to find your prayer closet Amen. at home. Right. Um, and I think that in and of itself will help keep the, the home, keep the family together. Um, without prayer, we're, we're basically lost. Um, so for me, young families, if you haven't already established prayer at home, praying for one another, praying for your spouse, that, that is key. Praying for your children if you have children. We teach that in the marriage class. We have a, a, um, a section where it's about praying, and we literally take the couples and they pray for one another. That is one of our, uh, one of our most powerful um, ses sessions that we do with, with our uh, couples because a lot of them have never, ever prayed for one it's another. It's one of the hardest things to do. They've never laid hands on one another. And, boy, we have, we have them really break down and wow. touch the throne of God. Yeah, and in this time and age that we're in right now, you, yes— the prayer is important but you also have to disconnect from other things if you're yes. going to connect the prayer you got to disconnect from other things like what sometimes you got to get rid of your media sometimes you got to get rid of your news sometimes you have to disconnect from the things that are feeding you uh the obstacles a lot of times well what's my obstacle well you're feeding your obstacle mm -hmm. so again you know yes prayer for sure that's again you hear me say, God has to be the center of everything we do. Read the word. Read prayer. the word. Prayer, prayer and communication. It's like you're praying to God. You're communicating with God. And then that's like you communicating with your heavenly father. And you're, well, we're, we're the bride. It's the connection point. It's a connection point. That's right. right. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's a connection point. And just a little tidbit I always think about because when we teach the marriage class and we share, um, you'll, you'll notice, and even after today's and we share in the marriage class, we don't put a lot of, you, you're not going to hear me teach you a lot of theology for the sake of this reason is we're in church a very short time every week. The rest of your time, if you have 168 hours in a week, you're in church three hours a week. What are we, what are we doing for our marriages, for our life, for our kids, the other 165 hours. See, so you have to, again, that's a, that's a major balance right there that consider, we have to consider. I, I like that, 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 that's what you emphasize, that, that it's, it's prayer for one another, and, and, and the important thing is, is prayer. Um, so, to the young adult that's out there listening, What's the last bit of advice that you would give them? Just like a last. For, for a young adult who's not married yet, do not be unequally yoked. That is my advice. It will, it will not be successful. Um, when we first got in church, when we were young, I was 24 years old. And... Um, he came along, he was baptized two weeks after I was baptized. And had he not done that, I think we wouldn't be where we are right now. We came together as, um, as, a, as a marriage and served God 100%. 
And I think um, young adults, if you are looking to marry someone, uh, be involved with someone, they need to be of like-minded. They need to believe what you believe because you will have issues if that is not the case. Yeah. um, Final words is just, I know that what's in me and Sister Omega talked about this probably not more than a couple weeks ago. Um, don't forget to follow God's principles mm-hmm. in your giving, in your in your in your church attendance. Um, but I believe, and I told the boys this not too long ago. Um, first of all, it's got to be prayer. Okay, you're not going to sit in the prayer room seven hours a day. That means pray without ceasing. The Bible says, God's got to be on your mind all the time. Everything you're trying to do has got to be on your mind all the time. That's yes. already been hidden in your heart. Um, second of all, I learned this in some trainings and different things when Pastor wanted us to, to visit different places and get some training. And I picked this up that really has helped. I'm going to say it's helped me, but I think it helped anybody in our family. I got a hold of serving another man's ministry. Mm. Okay? Think about that. If you buy into the vision of the man of God of that that God has put in front of you. Pastor said it like this one time. He said, if the people of God knew who they were for real, the enemy couldn't bother us. True. Think about that. Okay. So we dedicated our lives and me as a head of the household is serving another man's ministry without a doubt. hundred percent. Let's do it. Let's let's buy the vision of the house and the vision of your house won't be distracted okay and then you heard me say it before and i'll say it again there's really any there's really no other choice except you have to make god the center of your life we live by this by this scripture that we've that we've lived forever which is hebrews 11 1 okay faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen and god showed us this here a while back when you see when you hear the word substance the word substance is a particular kind of matter tangible and solid okay the rest of the scripture says the evidence of things not seen evidence is what evidence is facts or information of something that is true so what i did a while back i went and put and put these words into this into the scripture it says faith is a particular kind of matter that is tangible and solid it is things that are hoped for it is the fact and information of something that is true so basically what are you doing when you exercise your faith you feel what you're hoping for it's already in your hands Mm -hmm. you already envision it you already can feel it you already understand it you're already knowing that because your walk and your faith in god it's going to come true it's going to be part of your life. There's no doubt about it. If that scripture is true, we have, we've lived like that. Oh, stuff's going on. That's okay. God's got this. And we've just lived like that. We, we, we try to live, and God knows this, and we, we live without fear because God's got this. Yes, you have to worry. Yes, you have, not worry, but you have to be aware of things and, and keep everything in mind. And, you know, this day and age, you have to be safe, so forth, so on. But, again... Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Man. 
Well, that was that's awesome. I, I truly was blessed having you here and record with us. Uh, um, so I'm taking something with me for sure. Um, thank you, Apostolic Outpost, for listening. And then again, stay vigilant. Stay vigilant.